let's address this Mets-Yankees thing, okay? I have not had an issue with the Mets signing former Yankees during this offseason. When we've talked about the signing of Luis Severino and the signing of Harrison Bader, we've done it in the context of, hey, can that player help this team? And I remember when we were talking about Severino at the beginning of the offseason, he's always been a guy, I've certainly mentioned it on the Rico, as a guy that I've been intrigued by as a high-reward, low-risk guy. So, yes, he's a Yankee. Yes, he has that history here. Yes, when you speak to your friends and your cousins, they're going to offer a stronger opinion on him than, say, Adrian Hauser, who they've probably never heard of because of that bias towards watching him play. And I, and I think that sometimes as fans, you know, we see more of the Yankees, maybe more than we see of certain teams in the American League West or even the National League West. And so we form some kind of bias negatively or positively towards these players. I try not to. Like my interest in Severino was never based on the convenience of watching him every day. It was more based on the fact that he was a really good pitcher and he had a lot of injury problems. And then last year was an odd, odd season in which he was finally relatively healthy and he didn't pitch well and he fits that one-year reward. So I know there are some Met fans that haven't liked dipping into the former Yankee pile, if you will, or the former Yankee pool. I have not an issue with it. And as you'll see, as we discuss on this podcast, there's a long history of guys that have come over here and done nothing, guys that have come over here and been better than they were as Yankees, and even a history of guys that you can debate. Like, we could sit here and argue, were they better Mets or were they better Yankees? Now, for the sake of this, while I'm not a big fan of war, the war stat can be helpful because the war stat can kind of give you a guide, if you will, on a man's performance. It's not the end-all, be-all but it's a guide. So for example, where war helped me in this exercise is when I looked at baseball reference and I viewed guys that played for both the Mets and the Yankees, the way I tried to figure it was, Hey, let me rank them based on the highest war that ever played for the Yankees and the highest war that ever played for the Mets. And then kind of add them together and find like, okay, so who's the greatest player to ever play for both teams? It's a fair question. You know, maybe most of that war came from one team. In fact, that answer is true. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can find the guys that were combinedly really, really good. So, for example, let's get this right out of the way. The guy with the highest war who ever played for both the New York Yankees and the New York Mets, and I warn you, it's a trick question because this guy was not a Met. This guy literally played four games for the New York Mets. Four games. And he's most remembered as a Met manager, not a Met player. And I'm talking about Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra, one of the great players of all time, who's a Hall of Famer, one of the great catchers of all time. So when I tell you he had the highest war of any Met Yankee, we all know from the beginning, well, come on, Evan, that's a freaking Yankee. It's not Met Yankee. And you're right. But hey, this is the exercise in Met Yankee funness, right? So Yogi Berra, highest war ever of a Met Yankee. He ain't a Met. He's a New York Yankee. And if anything, to our older listeners, they think of him not only as not a Met, but as a shitty Met manager. Like literally, literally, that's what a lot of older Met fans think about specifically with some of the decisions he made in the 1973 World Series. Now, this will be fun. Do you know who has the second highest war of guys who played for the New York Mets and the New York Yankees? Would you like to just make a, a random guess, Pete? Man, just random. Throw it out there. No, there's no wrong answer. And, and this is a manager too? No, this is just as a factual player. Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> is this guy a manager? Well, I have to be honest with that answer. Yes, the guy was a manager. I would admit that. In fact, 
while not the player Yogi Berra was, I think certainly follows the model. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to go Carlos Beltran. No, Carlos Beltran. No, that, that's actually a very good guess. But no, the answer is Willie Randolph. Ah. Willie Randolph was, yeah, dude, Willie Randolph was a freaking good Yankee. Let's not forget that, even if he was a little bit before our time. And he played for the Mets. And what's so crazy about Willie as a Met is 1992, 1991-ish is when I first started getting it, first started understanding what I was seeing. Uh, The first game I ever scored, which will be in the book that I am publishing, My Mets Bible, on sale first week of April, I found my first scorecard. Or at least what I think is my first scorecard, because it's the earliest scorecard I've ever found. Is there a game before that I scored? Maybe I can't find it, so therefore it doesn't exist. And it was actually in 1992. And Willie Randolph was on that team. And Willie Randolph was just this older guy the Mets added. Obviously, had a very crappy year that year, and Willie was not a very good Met. But he was a damn good Yankee. And again, very similar to Yogi, while he's not a Hall of Famer, I think we think of Willie in a similar light. Really good New York Yankee. And then we think of him as a Met manager. Like, I don't think anybody thinks of Willie Randolph as a player for the one year he was here. They more think of, oh, yeah, that guy was a Yankee manager. Or a Met manager, I should say. Never a Yankee manager, unfortunately. Who's third, though? It's a great question. Who is third? And what's great about the guy who's third is I've already started with guys who are clearly Yankees. So you start to say to yourself, well, when the hell are we going to get to us? And when are we going to get to Mets? And the answer is right now. Because the guy with the third highest war of anyone that played for either team is Doc Gooden, who clearly is a New York Met. Doc Gooden, and by the way, like, I don't want to minimize what Doc did for the Yankees because I get the no-hitter. Like, a no-hitter is a big deal, obviously. You know how I feel about Johan's no-hitter and the the value of a Met pitching a no-hitter. But Doc Gooden was not a very good Yankee. You know, and I know Doc appreciates that George Steinbrenner looked out for him and gave him another opportunity, and he should. Like, I totally respect Doc Gooden looking at the Yankees in this positive light for giving them that opportunity. But he's a freaking Met. Like, it is not even close. And he wasn't even that good of a Yankee. Like, when you think of Doc Gooden, you don't think of postseason moments. He wasn't even on the postseason roster in the World Series in 2000 when he came back. And that's it. I think of two Doc Gooden moments when I think of him as a Yankee, if I'm being fair. I think of the no-hitter, totally give him that, against Seattle. And I think of his return against the Mets in 2000. That day when he walked into the building at Chase Stadium. But outside of that... That man's a Met. He had a war of 41.6 as a Met and had a war of 5.2 as a Yankee, which is actually a lot higher than I thought it would be. Five war for the Yankees? Like, that's that's a lot higher than I imagined it would be. But yes, Doc Gooden, the third highest war, and yes, without question, the best Met we had of the Met-Yankee variety. Where things get really, really interesting, uh, I mean, like, incredibly interesting, is the guy who has the fourth highest war. Because here's where we're going to get the fangs out. This is the first time and maybe one of the only guys where we can do that. I'm going to present to you a guy that if we were talking to a Yankee fan right now, but we don't put Yankee fans on the Rico, we ban them, they would argue he's our guy. And I would argue, no, shut up, he's our guy. 
This man spent six seasons with the New York Yankees, made 144 starts. This guy made and pitched seven years with the Mets in 169 starts. So he was a little bit longer a New York Met and had an ERA that was more than a half a run better. And if you're big into wins, some people are, I'm not. He won 17 more games with the New York Mets. If you believe in like Cy Young votings, like, hey, where'd you finish in the Cy Young vote? Well, with the Yankees, he finished fourth and sixth. With the Mets, he finished third one time. And the man I'm talking about is, in my humble opinion, the greatest player to ever play for both teams at an equal level. And that, of course, is David Cohn. And I think where the argument, and obviously I'm biased, Pete's going to be a little bit biased, where we would win in a Met-Yankee debate on David Cohn, and there's this, this is indisputable, is he was a better Met. Like, he had better seasons with the New York Mets. Look at his year in 1988. I mean, he was unbelievable. And in most human seasons, he wins a Cy Young. Like, that's a Cy Young season. And he had some good years with the Yankees, some very good years with the Yankees, but never to the level of what he did in 1988. And I'd even argue in 92 before he got traded. Like, the guy was awesome before the Mets made the decision to trade him for Ryan Thompson and Jeff Kent, we all know. But he was better as a Met. Here's the problem. This is the fight back that the Yankee fan would have. And they always seem to have this answer on us. He won with the Yankees. He won championships with the New York Yankees. He was a big part of that team in 1996. He was a big part of that team in 1998. He was a big part of that team in 1999. And he did diddly shit for them in 2000, but he was there. Like he existed. You know, David Cohn. This pisses me off to no end. And I think I've asked David about it because he's a great dude. David Cohn pitched one time in that 2000 World Series. Do you remember when he came in? This freaking drives me nuts. He came in for Denny Nagel in the fifth inning of a game to just face Mike Piazza. Like literally, and we were down by a couple of runs at that point. And Joe Torre lumbered his way out there at Shea Stadium. And he took the ball from Denny Nagel. And he gave it to David Cohn. And I could have sworn Joe Torre was sticking it to us. That Joe Torre was like, hey, you know what? Here's your guy. Here's David Cohn. Go have fun. And Cohn came in and did all he could. Now he got the one out. Like, he did not have a good year in 2000. He was pretty much done at that point. Uh, at least in the regular season. The Mets were beating him up in 2000 when he actually pitched. I remember they faced him once. Actually, no, no. He pitched well against them that day. But in 2000 was the year where he had the 70 RA. And he actually started the game that got rained out and turned into the first ever two-stadium doubleheader. And that was it for his Yankee career. In fact, that out he got against Mike Piazza in the World Series was actually the last pitch he threw as a Yankee. Went to the Red Sox in 01, was out of baseball in 02, and then actually finished his career with us in 2003. Barely pitched. He was only there for five and a half minutes, but he barely pitched. So David Cohn was better with the Mets, and he won more with the Yankees. He's our guy. Right, Pete? Yeah, David, David, David Cohn's our guy. He ain't their guy. Listen, I, I agree, but he had more moments with the Yankees just due to the World Series. Again, another no-hitter. I mean, that kind of rubs me. You had two of the best pitchers that, that donned Mets uniforms, but they, they threw no-hitters with the Yankees. I know. I know. Freaking drives me nuts. He throws a perfect game. Forget no hitter. He throws a perfect game. 